Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the Political Party Daily, episode 8 of this special election series, where I'm joined by James Mills, John McDonald's former head of comms, and head of comms to Jeremy Corbyn during that first leadership campaign. And we talk about all sorts of things, the personalities of the two men, uh, their ideology, their priorities, the manifesto, all sorts of things. Um, It's a long-ish interview, so I don't want to um, ramble too much at the start, um, but it's a wide-ranging discussion. And I started by asking James about last night's leadership debate. First and foremost, uh, I don't want to really dwell on last night's TV debates because as a piece of television, I think it was quite frustrating. But what was your assessment of last night? And as, as someone you know, close to Jeremy Corbyn, how did you feel he did? I mean, I think, I mean, I think it's a bit of a score draw, to be honest with you. Like, I was going to take the party politics out and just look at sort of, in, you know, Labour's winning the moment that happens, regardless who leads the Labour Party and what your positions are in it. You like to get that we want, you know, in opposition, you, you really want to be on the same platform as the Prime Minister, yes. and to get a TV debate where you can talk to mi- millions of new voters and people who just don't care. I mean, I, as we just talked before we start this, I've got, I've got tons of mates who just do not give a monkey's about politics, and like when they talk to me. I'm sort of like the mate who's like he's a bit political, yes. You know? and, and, yeah, like, yeah. and I've always used him as sort of a good like sort of a sounding board for like how the party's doing, you know. And a classic one from recent history is they used to confuse David of Ed Miliband and like you know that kind of like yeah. kind of route. And and those are the people who who um, you know could vote Labour might not, and we need to get out. And you know and like they were aware of it, you know, and they were listening into it. And I've you know I always do my little cab driver test. I uh, did that today, and again people were aware of it. You know I, I'll be you know. Given our economy, it's probably not surprising that most of the people in the cab driving community are actually these days supporters of Labour, uh, <laughs> which wasn't always the case. Um, but, you know, I think it's with a score draw. And I think, look, you know, if you're going into that, if you're using the football analogy, it, the, the Prime Minister would have been, he's got, well, he's got a 10, 12 point lead and he gets to set the terms of the debate. So he's at home advantage to begin with. And, and like in football, if it's a score draw, you know, that's as good as a loss, really, isn't it? Um, if you're at home and with an advantage and you're the favourite. So, uh, you know, in some respects, I think Jeremy probably outperformed better than he probably should have done. And um, look, can he improve? Yeah. I mean, look at the polls. <laughs> so, yeah, he can always improve. But, I mean, uh, I think it's, uh, as a, uh, you know, look, I think if you watch that and you follow politics, it'll be boringly entertaining. And if, if you don't watch politics, and I, you know, I've been meeting people who don't, you know, you, you get to see the Labour leader. Regardless of whether you like him or not, you get to see him. You get to listen to his policies. And we know that Labour's policies are popular. And and the more people that hear Labour policies vote Labour. So those two things are quite good for Labour. And look, I think there's a he was Jeremy scored like got almost half of Tory voters in 2017 saying they thought he did well. So you know, that's it's, it's, as I said, I think it's, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of upside to it. So what's he like to work for? I mean, you, you worked on his uh, first leadership campaign. How did you find him as a boss? 
he's, he's just a really lovely guy. I mean, I, I get, you know, I mean, um, I, I, I feel sure I didn't know him a great deal before I worked with him the first time. I've, met, I've come across him over the years and known people that worked for him and John, but the first time I properly worked with him was then. And I think it's probably similar for many people who'd been in the Leopold for a number of years because of where he came from. And, um, you know, I, I was working for CWU at the time and I was on, I got sort of, I've known Simon Fletcher, who was his. Um, who's running his campaign I've known him for years since he worked for Ken uh, he's like a friend of mine I've always liked Simon and um, he usually wanted got me to work on the campaign and I got to meet Jeremy and he just I was just I was just knocked over by how such an incredibly lovely man he was and um you know, uh, and uh, and like to give me a sort of weird analogy you know I'd mentioned it my 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 wife was um we just uh, had given birth and had a child, and it was born. Uh, it was my first child now. She was born premature on a bar, and I delivered on the bathroom floor, and um, in the middle of the night. And but my wife had been a big. She'd just come out of hospital. It'd been quite a traumatic period, uh, and she's uh, she'd really like baklava. And I mentioned this in passing, by the way, in Jeremy. And he's walking along, and he's doing some interview. I can't remember what it was for in the first. Just for going for the debate, because I was just prepping for the debates and getting ready and stuff. And um, and he was, oh, James come over here brought me over there to what was he said was the best baklava place in london and he went in there he's got his money he's going to pay for it and the guy behind the counter says jeremy jeremy <laughs> just sort of like gets a plate of baklava off the plate and hands it over the counter to me and i'm like holding this massive plate of baklava back to the beginning for the bbc um and jeremy's just you know this is you see jeremy today in his suit he's just wearing like a, a shirt and he had his bike outside and he's trying to pay this guy um and he's like, no, you not have no, 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 not my Jeremy, no. And he's just sort of like, no. Wouldn't take any money for <laughs> it. Wouldn't take any money for it. And this awkward moment, me and Jeremy stood there, and he got to do a BBC interview, and I'm holding this massive glass plate of back lava <laughs> around North London, and taking that into the office. So he, and, and, and poor and Jeremy, it's just because he remembered I'd said it, he knew my wife wasn't there, and he wanted to make, it's just that little extra mile he goes to on a personal level. And even when we got back to the office, he just felt so bad that this guy had done it. And it's just, I think that's his kind of his natural, I mean, I, I, there's loads of little moments like that. Um, when I've been with him up and down the country or in a cab, and he just you see that side to him, and that's why when people work for him, they really go the extra mile. I mean, you probably get this as well. He's an advisor, so it's like when you work with someone, you see the side that the oh, of course, yes, yeah, you don't see, and you see the bit that you wish other people could see. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like most people I know who work for Gordon Brown. You say that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, you worked Fred Balls for a bit. Yeah, I, I mean, mean yeah, I've, been, I've been around the house. I mean, how, yeah. How do you end up going from? I mean, obviously, we've got we're both Labour politicians. Well, we've got friends in common. Absolutely, uh, yes, many. So. Yeah. Um, but how do you, you know, at that period where Ed Balls is standing for the leadership, Labour is still in a kind of post-New Labour consensus to an extent. It's tacking to the left. It's moving on from New Labour, but it's still around a kind of particular point on the compass. You then go for work for Ed Balls for work, to work for Jeremy yeah. Corbyn. Had you always been to the left of, of, of New Labour? Yeah. <laughs> I love to work. I love where you're like the, the same venom is like you're basically a trot, aren't you? <laughs> oh, I was asking you in a very and, friendly uh, way. Ed Balls and Gordon Brown, you're a trot. Now, um, look, I mean... Um, uh, I, I mean, one of my favorite best nights out in politics actually was Ed Balls. He, um, he was on the campaign. Tra- I mean, that's a, that's a dangerous statement. Uh, he was on the campaign trail in Scotland at the time, and he um, it was me and Balshaw. Uh, mm. And uh, he basically we went back to our hotel, and then we went to get something to eat. It was a Brazilian carvery across the road. He knocked oh. on the door, begged them. Uh, to keep it open, they stayed open till like two in the morning, and I was just so hungry. And he, we had like literally, and, he, and I think they realised he was a Labour politician. He paid for it himself, and we they're drinking wine. He he loves like musicals, so he was like singing musicals yes, out of his, so his heart's content. 
I'm not a massive fan of the musical front no. uh, genre, if I'm honest. <laughs> but I was just uh, I was just happy to be getting drunk on expensive wine, a nice bit, uh, a nice um, a nice meat. So like you know, we, we, we that that was a that was a nice moment. But he's quite he's quite a character. But you know, um, in 2010, he had the most radical. Le- uh, economic position. People forget this. I mean, uh, you know, he wanted a, he wanted a post bank. You know, he wanted, uh, that was in a, his uh, his leadership campaign. And everyone said at the time, and I'm very actually quite proud of that campaign. You know, everyone said we ran the best campaign. We we even shared our um, you know I wouldn't call it celebratory sort of drinks, but post. Um, I remember that that comments quite well because the Midland in Manchester it was like David Millibandites and Ed Millibandites fighting each other in the bar and going mad. And we was in this uh, piano bar around the corner, and um, it was Diane Abbott's team and us. So yeah, we was all singing like songs around the piano with a vet and Ed. I mean, it's, it seems like a different age really now, doesn't it? Oh, that's, <laughs> in fact, that's a really good point because given given the people you've ended up working for and probably where your political heart truly lies, shouldn't you've been working for Diane and not Ed? I mean, I knew I worked in the party at the time, and also I was working. I think at the time I was working in the vet keepers team with my old boss, uh, and that's how I ended up working on the team. And I was friends with them, so I got asked to go on it. To be honest, with you, I didn't really know Diane. Yeah. But the thing is, back then the Labour—it's like who you knew, really, wasn't it? If I was honest with you, that's how these things always. Yeah, it's personality contests as well. Yeah, as and also your mate to be like, oh, could you come out, pass out? And my, well, I know my boss, who was who was very close to a vet, was like, you know, look, you, you need someone like James. He can do a bit of policy and press. You really need this guy. He knows Scotland, you know. And I used to work for the Scottish party yes so like, i was sort of like you know offered uh, up there and also you know he had the most sort of left-wing economic position you know people forget this back then you know this was his his position was very much borrow to invest it was no cuts at all you know there is no there is an alternative that was the whole message of that campaign it was a you know national you know sort of the Turning it the Royal Mail into a post bank, it was it was very sort of radical economic position, more radical than Ed Miliband, and that's what people forget. And I didn't really know Diana and her people, if I was totally honest, because I worked for I worked in Labour Party senior institutions, so you don't really you I would never met Diane. So. so ideologically now, where because John McDonald and Jeremy Corbyn are to the left of Ed Balls, mm-hmm. um, I mean just in terms of John, because you, obviously you work with him closely. People are fascinated by him in terms of in a few weeks, somebody could be Chancellor of the UK. And, Glad um, you're bleeding. That's good. That's good. <laughs> one more, one more convert. <laughs> uh, is it? Uh, you know, is this a guy who wants to regulate capitalism, or, or does he? Gen- should we take him at his previous word? And is this the man that genuinely wants to overthrow it? <laughs> no, I mean, I think that was a joke. The whole fermenting of things. You got to, I look, the way you got to look at Jeremy and John. I mean, I actually think one of the sad things about New Labour is that you know. Someone take John for example. He's a very talented politician. I've worked with quite a few of you. You know, some of you, some of you've not mentioned, and he is one of the most talented politicians I've worked with. And it, I always find it sad that during that period of thirteen years in government, there was no place for John McDonnell. You know, I, really, I mean, I'd really do. I mean, I remember being at a debate with him and Gordon Brown uh, that we were doing on the uh, in the referendum campaign. You know, and I just remember thinking, wow, like, can you imagine if these guys actually had got on? Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, and um, you know, but what he describes himself as a Marxist. You know, that's kind of yeah. I mean, he's a socialist with New Labour. I mean, he's, he's a socialist, but that, but that's probably one of the weaknesses of New Labour, if I was honest with you. Because if you go back, you know, I, you know, what this might surprise you. One of my favourite books is. Um, uh, uh, Philip, Philip Gould's, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, and it's a great read, book. Yeah, it's a great book. I've read it more than once. I even read it um, when I went to work for Jeremy. It's a good book. You don't have to yeah. you necessarily agree, and I don't necessarily agree with some of his um, in his last chapter, his sort of conclusions. But it's a good book to read. Um, if you look back to the start of New Labour, it wasn't 
really about that. I mean, John Collis used to make this real good point. It was actually much more uh, pluralistic. And I think what happened is it became very patrimonial and it became very insular, especially in places like Scotland. I mean, one of the reasons why we're in a problem in Scotland, you know, people want to try and put the blame on someone. And it's a, it's a long-term slide. It's a long-term decline. It's a cultural thing that's happened in the Labour Party over 10, 15 years. And there's no panacea. And that uh, we need to store... And I think, and I, my pirate view, is the only way we'll win back again in Scotland is via the union, if I'm honest with you, and via a UK general election and build from there upwards because I think it's going to be harder to do it any other way um, but like I mean that's what I said to you like I think it's a sad thing to be like John but it was, what does John want to do if you, I mean listen to what he says I mean he but you know his policies are look at our last manifesto in 2017 and new ones out tomorrow but the last one look at some of our big things they'd be very much in mainstream social democracy in, but there's in a main difference dri- mainland Europe the or, retail offer you present to the public <clears throat> to give an impression of where you are mm-hmm. And the reality behind that, the, the values, the, the, the kind of economic principles that underpin it. John McDonald is not a European social democrat. He is a hard left social. He describes himself as a Marxist. I mean, what yeah, else are we supposed to infer from that? Yeah, but uh, you, you, you're, you're, you, it's as if there's never been a Marxist who's been... You know, John McDonald wouldn't be the first Labour Party Chancellor, sort of Labour Chancellor, to be in a Marxist, by the way. You know, I mean, I, I guess you know the other one, um, Stafford Cripps. You know, and what did he do? He helped the 1948, in, he came in 1948, and you had the Labour government then, he brought in the NHS, and many of the many sinews of our modern social uh, welfare state, and much of, you know, we talk about the, the, if every Labour Party member pulled out their sort of like top trumps of Labour of all time, they'd all go back to 45, wouldn't they? Um, and Well, well current <laughs> Labour membership. I think I think I see myself as sort of an ordinary Labour Party member, you know, a humble one at that. And, uh, and that's why I'd class like, I think most people's sort of gold standard would be. Oh yes, yeah, that you know, would be sure, that, that would win a poll. Yeah, I'm don't sure, you I'm sure everyone's dancing at Dareem secretly, but in their hearts they're <laughs> but also like looking back to that period. And you know, as I said, so it's not that alien. And as and we talked about and the thing about the Philip Goldbook is he makes that whole break because he's more from the sort of the Atlanticist sort of side in the nineties, that sort of you know, um that sort of battle of uh, sort of views of where we should go as a party and it, and what we were breaking away from that sort of John Smith and that sort of tradition of the sort of European socialist era and if you went around those European parties there were a lot of Marxists and like as I said I don't think it's a, it's a you know I, I have one of these things is a, you know is John a John calls himself as a socialist and I think he's, uh, if you look at the policies in which they're going forward you know even to look at our um uh, inclusive ownership funds, you know, reminder funds. There was like that was a Swedish Social Democratic Party in the, early, uh, in the mid '80s and late early '90s. I mean, we were talking about policies here. That what I find actually quite sad is that you know people say, "Oh my God, it's radical." That what you want is essentially social democracy in a European or North American sort of um, um, uh, you know offer. I mean, like that's what people. If you if you turn around and say to me, "Oh look, he wants to go back to sort of a 1918 sort of Bolshevik revolutionary sort of like stance," you'd have a point, but but it's not really that. But it's about what's behind it, isn't it? This is the thing is that Labour have been, and I'm sure this manifesto will be a, 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 a an attractive retail offer, free ball band, free all sorts of things, a, a list of things that it would be impossible to dis- you know to not want in a way you can download and, for free and you can download it for free absolutely <laughs> yes um but i suppose it's the sense that with people would sense particularly with john mcdonald don't they maybe, maybe and maybe this is a misperception that actually jeremy is a kind of uh the caricature that some people would paint was that jeremy is basically a sort of harmless jam maker <laughs> and John is this kind of fer- jam. ferocious, <laughs> you know, f- quite ferocious beast who's really pulling the strings and is far more um, serious and right. actually far more radical in his politics and actually would 
take certain companies into it's, state ownership, it's the, it's would the, abolish the, private schools and things like that. It's the grand conspiracy sort of narrative, isn't it? Yeah, no, well, I mean, it's more that... You know, I like, think you it's saw, the way you they appear. the Labour Party. Yes. Do you honestly believe there's like a secret room with levers and there's a grand conspiracy? I mean, oh, I, no, 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 of course. No, no, no. But, but I do think that some politicians are better operators. No, but what I do think is... Some politicians are better operators than others. And yeah, look, John McDonnell, as you said, is a talented politician and he's yeah, a talented operator. He's a, he's a highly intelligent man and, you know, and, and very well read. And so is Jeremy, by the way. I don't think Jeremy gets enough credit. And like when I first started working for John, it was actually the flip reversal people used to always say. They'd say, Jeremy's a very thoughtful, highly intelligent man. Oh, John McDonnell, you can't trust him, blah, blah. He's, you know, <laughs> he's, like, he's completely out. You know, he's not serious. He just wants to, like, you know hang people or whatever you know that's that, honestly when I first started with for John I mean I've, I went back the other day because <laughs> I forgot about it my wife was what it reminded me I went back to some of the requests I used to get from the media it was like the the greatest hits of YouTube and it was just sort of like, it was just unreal I mean that's where I started when I first worked for John um, And I, she said, but you know what it was really about and I'm not a fan of the West Wing but I know you are so I was all the, 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 well, Bartlett, the Billy Bartlett sort of thing I think I watched the first two series I think I watched one but like it. I'll be honest if you work for Lay Part in that period everyone fucking quotes it sorry can I swear, <laughs> I mean, of course I'll sweat your head off yeah, absolutely no, like, yeah, no, I, everyone just quotes it and that's what put me off to be honest with you I watched like one series and then I was like I just couldn't do any more of it but I mean yeah that whole bit when it's like oh let Bartlett be Bartlett yeah. it's a bit like that with John and Jeremy it's let them be their natural selves and, and push through that sort of like negative sort of frame that gets thrown down from the Tory press and in John's case in particular you know look he's strongest when he's talking about policy and when he's talking about what he wants to, so take you know, as I mentioned, one of those was inclusive ownership funds. That's because he's had a big desire for ages for um, profit sharing. You know, like they get in that you know socialist utopia of France. You know, so, so like, you know that's where you know that's what I say. Like, I judge them by their outputs, not necessarily all the sort of spin and myth making. I mean, but they make some of their own. I mean, one thing that well, a politician doesn't. A lot of people. Well, that's true. <laughs> but one thing that I suppose concerns people about John McDonnell is. The neighbours, you know, the LRC and stuff like that, and still being involved in organisations that behave in ways that are that are bullying, that intimidate people. And why can't he just condemn what they do and cut his ties with them? Can I be totally honest with you? Um, I'd never, I never knew half the acronyms. Like I remember, <laughs> I remember the first time I heard about AWL, and I thought it was a rap group. I mean, like, I, mean I, I, I was just sort of like, who? And I was like, this is like, I remember Tom Watson going on about it, and I was like, what? <laughs> just sort of like, why do you care? And when you meet some of these people, you're like. Seriously, <laughs> it's like you, this this is the people you're fear you're you're afraid of that you think are like. But that's often the case with bullies, the world. But when you when you come face to face with a bully, then then you realise that actually they have their own inadequacies. But that doesn't mean that their actions don't have consequences. Yeah, no, I agree. But I mean, it's, I suppose it's uh, with bullying, it's about power, isn't it? And do you see that, like, you know. You know, I said when I met some of these individuals, you know, they don't have much power. They have a lot of voice, and uh, you know, as I said, like the LRC in particular. I mean, that's the faction John came from uh, in the party. I don't know a lot about it. If I'm going to be brutally honest with you, it's structures. I'm not pretending, but you know, um, you know, and that, that's like a grouping. You get them on all sides of it. I mean, I've met people, you know, from you know the progress wing of the party who you know equally quite hectoring, and back in the day, he used to wield a lot of power too. So look, it goes both sides. I mean, I've always found the factional stuff quite dull uh, and boring if I'm brutally honest um, you know I don't think it solves anything the thing I, I mean I, I love the Labour I'm a Labour Party tribal Labour Party guy I'll die yeah. Labour you know I, I said I'll vote I used to always like 
you know, say this to Owen Smith in the in the second leadership campaign. Look, if you win, I'll be the first one out there door knocking the campaign for you to be. And he always looked at me quite like I was like, he was like, look at me, going, oh, I don't want to do this now. It's the podcast, but his eyes would open up. Really, he like couldn't believe it. And I said, no, it's true. If you win, I'll go out and campaign you for be Labour Prime Minister. I mean, I didn't think he was going to win, but I, 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 I was just, I, but I meant it. Uh, and uh, and John thinks the same. Jeremy, they're very much of that ilk of look, it's the Labour Party and Seamus too. I mean, one of the things that people always surprised about Seamus uh, is that he's actually. He's very sort of tribal Labour, uh, and everyone thinks, "Oh, he's, isn't he a communist?" And he's like, "No, he's, he's very proud of South. I vote for Labour Party in every election, ever." <laughs> he like he always says that and bangs the table. But yeah, no, I'm a very, I'm very much very tribal Labour. And the one thing I love about elections is that we all come together as a family, you know. And I do generally see the Labour Party as my family. And when people leave it, and especially, I don't mind people leaving, obviously, but if they leave it in the sort of like the Ian Austin sense, I am a bit like your little shit. <laughs> I am a little bit personal, but then like, but you know, but I, you know, equally. You know, every I want to see any Labour MP be if they don't like me or where I, what policies I stand, and this has always been the case, regardless of who's leading the Labour Party. I want to see him back because it's the team game. You can't win, you can't get into power unless all the team wins. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. But with Ian Austin, you know, he's, he, uh, it's an interesting example to pick because... His parents fled the Holocaust. Surely you can understand why he left. Yeah, I can completely get why he left, and I can completely understand that. It was, for me, the Ian Austin thing. You know, look, the thing I'll probably say on Ian Austin is that he could have left in 2017. You know, and he could have left in a whole different ways. And then the John Woodcock thing, or look, for legal reasons, I probably shouldn't go into that. But <laughs> look, you and me both know there's there's leaving the Labour Party and there's leaving the Labour Party, and they had like grudges with them that went. And I, I my sort of view is, and look, it's one of those working for the Labour Party. It's you get all the shit and on the glory. It's you know you, you have long hours. People, especially if you're a staffer, people just fucking hate you naturally, yes. and you have that inbuilt ability to sort of like you know not hate politicians, but like fucking, why can't you not perform a bit fucking better? And you have that sort of you know team solidarity sort of aspect to it and you know and, and there's loads of, like I actually think Tom Watson and like by the way Tom Watson's not a big fan of mine <laughs> unfairly but he's not <laughs> and you know but I thought the way he left is actually quite classy you know, he got. He did, I know a lot of people attacked him and a pop at him, but you know, I actually give him credit. The way he 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 went away, a person from that tradition, and I, you know, I see myself in the similar. And he stood on the trade union platform in uh, 2015. He left in a quite classy way. He didn't have a dig at anyone, you know. And uh, I suppose he's not been through what Ian Austin's been through, has he? No, but they're good mates and uh, and and, and, yeah, and inspiring with, partners, as it were. Yeah, but with maybe Ian Austin should look. To I be think a with the anti-Semitism pr- 
problem in Labour that has so profoundly affected him, given his family background. That... I can completely get that, and I can understand. But you know, look, Ian's been like that since the since Jeremy became leader, and he's always had that view, and he's just been like. You know, do you think it's justified in any way? What do you mean justified? Well, do you think he's right to as as someone with Jewish heritage? Of course, fear of course. Yeah, not fear a Labour government, yeah. but is, is he upset? He allowed to be upset. Of course, he is. I mean, like, if you look, as, look, of course, if he, if that's the way he feels, and look, I'm from I'm from Irish Catholic background, so who might I tell someone from a Jewish background? How dare you? You know, think like that. You, you know, of course, he's completely legit. My, I mean, my my point is more one of made of tribal sense of the Labour Party of this way things done. But look, there's people working very senior positions for Jeremy Corbyn, by the way, who are of the Jewish faith. And you know, uh, and we've been in meetings, especially when this has been discussed. And you know, it, it deeply saddens them because could you imagine being Jewish and people telling you that you know you work for a racist or you work for a racist party? I mean, I honestly, on the darkest days in my the part I've ever worked in the Labour Party is in that situation. I hate, I hate it because like you know, like you, I assume, <laughs> but like you and any all Labour Party we're, we're anti-racists. We, yes. You know, that's one of the reasons why you're in the party. I mean, my eldest sister's half Jamaican, my mother's Irish, and very sort of very London. You know, you, you, the Labour Party is the sort of the, the dented shield for people of our community, you know, yeah, on those issues. Uh, and there always has been. And, uh, um, you know, so when you stuff like that, I mean, it's, it's literally gets you right to your core. Um, you know, it really does. Um and as I said, so like I completely get, and completely understand it. As I said, there's two sides to that story. For me, you know, look, let's put it in to one side. The John Woodcock thing, I thought, was out there, and uh, uh, and I think he should be a bit more humble. Uh, and and those people in general. As, as I said, if you've had a career due to the Labour Party, you owe a bit of loyalty. You don't have to like the leader. I've not liked every leader of the Labour Party, but I'll tell you what, I'll go out and campaign for them to be Prime Minister and I'll campaign for Labour Party. So I've not liked every Labour MP I've known, but you, you know, in, or campaigned for, for that matter. But you know what, I've gone out and I've done my bloody best to try and get them elected because they stand on a platform that is more than what than my own personal grievances. It, it means a lot more because you and me both know the difference a Labour government makes. <coughs> You oh, know, you, you, you worked in the last one, and you know I was more on the, I was more on the periphery, as it were. But I mean, um, you were you're very senior position in the last Labour government. Well, um, I wish I had. I had, a, I had a relatively lowly position, but I was yeah. working for the party towards well, yeah. the end of our time and, in office, and it was it was. But a kids like time, me yeah. from working class backgrounds, likewise. We, yeah, I, council estate not too far from here. You know, we wouldn't. I wouldn't be doing the job I'm doing today. I'd be like doing the jobs. You know, well, doing a mug off my family but so you know my you know members of my family do who you know you know my eldest brother was a dustman stuff like that you know i'll be in that sort of fold and the reason why i'm one of the first race to go to university the reason i've done stuff is because of that labor government i mean tony blair well yeah but he stood on a platform no, 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 i'm not gonna spit on the picture of tony blair he, he's him tony blair and gordon brown stood on a platform that was held up by the labor movement Let's be honest. Oh, you know? absolutely. Yeah, they led it, and, and they deserve credit for it, and the minimum wage and all the rest of it. But it wasn't. It, no one individual owned that that thing. And, that, and this is because this, this is the thing I think the factions that gets. But leadership us matters, down. doesn't it? Leadership does matter. Yeah, it and does. And Tony Blair was a more popular, attractive leader to the. Country. He was a charismatic leader. Yeah, yeah. I'd say he's a very and charismatic talented. leader. Look, I think he's a very good communicator. He's very highly, ta- very highly charismatic. Uh, and in the age that it happened, yeah, he was. You know, he was what you needed. I mean, I, I, mean, I also think John Smith was quite charismatic. By the yes, way. he was. And yeah. you know, I think Gordon Brown was oh, also. If you so. met Gordon Brown on a personal level, and I, like, I said, and I also think Jeremy Corbyn is. Um, and I think that, that charisma means different things. And we, look, that I, my 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 thing I've always said to people that back, you know, from it, is look. 
after 2010, we had such a sucker punch and people didn't, I don't think, priced it in. And we're so, it's so hard right now to get a Labour government. People don't yes. truly appreciate it. And then after 2015, I mean, I, honestly, there's there's few things outside of sports that have hurt me as hard as that resulted in 2015. Like, it's brutal. Because that's how... Because if you work in politics you know how far the finishing line is now yes. for Labour government yes. and what the magic of 2017 as we managed to like turn the tide a wee bit and get back on the treadmill to get back a bit closer to that finishing line we're still far away by the way but we're closer than we were in 2015 and 2010 and you know, if you know how valuable a Labour government is you vote for it and you go out and campaign for it and you don't care who's at the top you know, you go. That's the, that's the most important thing. If you know how diff- the difference it makes, and, and as I said, like it's a, it's, a, it's going to be a tough battle this election. But you know, as a, uh, you, you, if you care about the Labour Party and you've been in it, and, and as I said, I've got no the factional thing. You know, I'll be in rooms with people who bang the tables and I'm a Blair right and whatever. And good luck to them. I don't really care. I've always found that stuff a bit odd. People go like, I'm a I'm an exite. I've always found it a bit weird. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a Labour guy, <laughs> and and the way I've always looked at it is, if you are Labour too, then that's what you, you should be pulling weight to get. You know, if you if you don't if you can't muster to campaign for the, your local Labour candidates, you think they're a cool tonight, then go campaign for one that, you, that does match your beliefs. There's plenty of them, and you can do it. You know, one of the things I used to actually give credit to to um, uh, 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 progress was they used to do that like seats challenge, free seats challenge. I thought it was a great idea. More people should be doing that. But do you think, you know, you look at this election, you know how hard it is for Labour to win anyway, in any, even mm. in the best weather it's hard for, for Labour mm. to win. After nearly a decade of a Tory government with Brexit and Boris Johnson and all the rest of it, this election would perhaps be more winnable with a different leader. I mean, you say that, but then if you look at some of the polls as well, you know, when they said, oh, who other than Jeremy could be there? Jeremy pops up at the top as, like, the person people A, know and people like out of a long list of... And I'm not going to go for the names because... Okay, I've worked some of them. <laughs> <laughs> but some of those other, other people. <laughs> He's at the top of it. So, look, and the thing is, what Jeremy did in 2017, we can't just go, oh, it was a blip, it was a luck, it was a... Because, look, these things don't happen. And as someone, you know, you know some of these individuals, I won't name by name, but very senior, senior, almost like the architecture, maybe they aren't there anymore, um of the director level of the Labour Party. You know, I used to sort of look up to them, and I remember going up to them before the polling, on polling day, actually, uh, in 2017. What do you think? 140, that's what we'll go down to. You know, that was honestly what was a, was yeah. a private internal line back yes, then. And yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, and some of these guys, when I first started, you know, I'll say the names off there because it's unfair to mention it. <laughs> um, um, you know, I looked up to, and when they said that to me, I take them seriously. Uh, yeah. And... You know, I was as stunned as anyone when that exit poll came out. I was actually sat next to, I think he worked for Fallon. I can't remember. He was a Tory advisor. And, and when I saw it, I was like, I remember he was getting, but I was backstage at one of the BBC studios and John was there. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, I said to him, and I, was like, I said, look, I remember 2015, like that exit poll was wrong. <laughs> and then really bands people were a bit crazy. Let's just like, for the next six hours, just like playing it down. And the guy next to me, when they all went through, I went, cheer up, mate. <laughs> it was a bloody great feeling. He was a lovely guy, that's bad, I'm sure he was, but, you know, he's the enemy. <laughs> and as far but, as the, but they still ended up forming a government, and this is the problem, well, isn't yeah, it? You, know, you give them a bloody nose, but still. I know, but I mean... You've still um, got a Tory government. Yeah, no, no as I said, like, you know, one day of a Labour government's better than, you know, and uh, uh, forever. Uh, what was it? The worst day of a Labour government's better than the best day of a Tory government. I can't remember <laughs> so, what it was. Yeah. Someone used to but, say that. But that, 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 put on a T-shirt. I'll buy it. But like, <laughs> but no, um, but no. Uh, it's you know said like they formed the, the uh, government. But look, they, it, it, we, why we're at an election today is how well Jeremy did. 
you know, and like, let's forget we, we're holding seats now. We got up to two sixty. We you know, had forty percent of the share of the vote. We hadn't had that for a bloody long time. And you know, the Tories are generally worried. You know, but do you, think... you saw fear. You saw fear. Oh, no the question. Eyes. The poll heads of the right wing papers. I remember because they all thought I was spinning my yarn. I was a little bit uh, before before the election was called. Uh, and then when I came back, I remember going up the escalator in Portcullis House and all around there. And you saw in their eyes, like, all right, yeah, all right, Millsy, you were, you, 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 were, you weren't just, you know, you were a bit right, you were a bit right. Like that. And, and then I had a look of fear some, some of the eyes. And also, more importantly, the Tories did. Uh, and and that, that matters. So this time, this time, how do you, you know, when, that, when, when this year's exit poll comes out at 10 o'clock on the evening of the 12th of December, where do you think we're going to be? Oh God! I mean, look. I mean, um, we're so, still so far away. I don't really look at polls these days. Mainly, especially back in twenty seventeen, like to be about ten days out. I mean, the first poll that sort of like um, came out for Labour wasn't until like basically the last few days out from memory. And I mean, it was one by Curiosity, which is like like a market one. I remember watching that, and it gave us a lead, and I was like, bloody hell! <laughs> and um, so, and I said, uh, the advice I was getting was saying that we're going to get annihilated. So I. If it wasn't on a 2017 sort of a, a, a blip, you would be like quite nervous right now, and rightly so. And I said, look, what we've got to do, you know, it's a very tough ask, you know, um, you know. But I think that in a my side, perceived it's like you know, if you get a majority, you know, in a hung parliament, if you get the most number of seats, for me, that's that's a fucking victory. And if we can deny them a majority, and if we get to a situation where the poll lead for the Tories gets to five and under. The, the, the dynamic changes because the, the, the narrative will start going hang on if Boris doesn't get a majority we, you know is he gone Yes, and they'll start eating themselves and that's what we can roll in so you know look, we're so far out for the you know, current polling not, they've got 10, 12 point lead but there's a long way to go the manifesto's dropped tomorrow we had one TV debate last night there's some more to come elections where loads of curveballs can come at you you know you can, you can meet bigoted women in any walk of life can't you and do, you, do, you, um, do you still talk to uh, John and Jeremy much you kind of plugged yeah, into us no, this campaign I've like messaged just John actually today <laughs> he's going to meet for a brew um because I live in Manchester at the moment. Um, yeah, no, I, I, you, you know what it's like. You never, you never, you never leave. You know? no, the squadron no. never dies. <laughs> you know, you're always talking to your old mates. Uh, and you know, I think the sad thing for me sometimes is the the way because I've got friends in common. We've got friends both sides of the eyes. Somehow, get it's got a bit polarised where some of your old friends are looking at you like you've just you know you're like your Philby or someone. You know, <laughs> you've sort of gone up to them and like you're like, no, I'm still here. And if you, I'm, I'm still saying the exact same things in the economy I said ten years. Years ago, I'm not things really changed. You can still talk to me, um, but if you go to the activist level and you go out to the branches, it's everyone's up for a fight. Everyone wants to take the Tories out. Everyone wants to go out there and campaign. And that's where the Labour Party's strongest. I've always said this is at that level because I mean, when I first got involved in politics, I said I'm a kid from a council estate. I'm in my my. You know, I don't know if I should actually admit this, and if it is, you can check after it's illegal. Edit this bit out. But the first time I ever voted was actually illegally. <laughs> no way. <laughs> my dad, my dad took me to uh, took me to vote for our local councillor. It was it must be like ninety eight or two thousand one. So I was, I was quite young, uh, and um, he put like a big coat on me and like and a couple of jumpers. And I went in, and the, and the councillor knew who I was. <laughs> so I was at secondary school. He knew who I was. But we needed. I mean, just, what more labour than electoral fraud, eh? Uh, and, but like, um, like yeah, and I just went for. I, I, I think it was in 2001 because um, I'm pretty sure it was, it, was, it was that election went through so nobody every vote we could get and I pretend to be my brother who was at uni and he, he had a terrible choice he wanted me to vote for the fucking Lib Dems and I'm like that ain't fucking happening <laughs> so he was one of those you know, stupid people swept up by you know, all that nonsense of the Lib Dems and, and that surge um, 
when I went and voted Labour. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I've so how old were you since. then? Oh, God, I must have been. I'd have been in my mid-teens, let's just say. Got an so. image of you, kind of like uh, you know, in yeah. the, like you know, the, in the car- in cartoon. Comic books where there's like two lads in a coat <laughs> trying to get into the cinema. It was a it? little bit like that. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, I was quite a young looking looking kid at the time. Um, but it was, but that was I grew up in a council flat, and but that's what people did. Is like you're going out a boat for our guy who's up there to fight for us. Uh, that's it's the side he's on, and regardless of everything else. And I've always been that. Uh, always so, will. so in terms of this manifesto, then I mean, do you have any idea? We, we sort of have, we have some yeah, idea. No, there's going to be a big announcement tomorrow on housing and green jobs. Um, you know, we're going to go big on council housing, and this is, so someone who grew up in a council, um, flying from a council estate. Same here. That's something I'm quite glad about. I wish we'd done it a lot longer, to be honest with you. Um, uh, and he's going to be that's going to be one of the big sort of drops for tomorrow, and also a big say on sort of green jobs and how many we're going to have. Um, you know, I think that's going to be you know that's one of those issues that sort of bread and butter issues in real time. Free forwards. broadband, <laughs> free free biscuits, free what other stuff do people want? Free free football shirts. I mean, I'm up for that. I mean, that'd be, that'd be I mean, popular. Look, I mean, uh, you look, you, you know, what, why why is universalism a dirty word in the Labour Party? It shouldn't be, you know. And I mean, like, the broadband issue. Look. It's it's not one of my sort of you know areas of policies I was involved in uh, previously, but you know I've always had a sort of view that some policies you do in government uh, and not in opposition, and that's because when you're in government you can do a view. There might be other ways than you know taking something back to public ownership. You know, especially I mean the civil service have got a great way of finding 101 tricks to fight to save some money. Uh, so, so you know, so, so there's, there are other ways. But you know, look, what's it talking about? It's talking about a different model. For the economy, it's something for a different offer for society. It means that there's going to, be, you know, the social security uh, fabric of our country needs an upgrade for the 21st century. As the labour market's changing, our economy's changing, and I'm old enough to remember 10 years ago when we were talking about getting rid of all that stuff, you know. And like, you know, and the reason why I think we sort of lost our way a wee bit, you know, I'm not going to get into the whole factional thing, but you know, people going forward and saying, "We look, we can't afford these things." I remember working on one where we were literally turning around and saying that you know, some basic aspects of universalism were like, "Oh, we're using Tory." language to say it was all free stuff you can't afford it and all this nonsense and I was all, and I was working for the party at the time and I was like hey how do you think that works how do you think that goes down to people from my background listen to that that you know oh we can't afford to provide a, a ladder for people like you or if we do it's going to be the sort of like the, the, the you know the Audi option you know it's going to be the sort of like you know the pound shop option Aldi or Audi yeah. Audi, uh, Aldi. Uh, the, the Audi market. option's quite good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's that's and that's, Aldi's that's, good, that's fully it? automated. That's fully automated. Social <laughs> but like, but no, I mean, I, I think that that was where we were getting to the, the situation where, we, as a party, we were saying, look, if you're poor, you get the you get the sort of like you know the, the second hand if you're lucky, but men you get in the, the pound shop offer. And uh, I think what we're trying to do now as as a party, and I think it's actually a good thing, is saying no. You know, we're all going to get really good, universal, optimistic. That's the direction for our country. This is, this is going to be a bare sort of. There's going to be a, a, not just a price floor where if you if you if, you, if you get earnings if you like of a minimum wage, but it's going to be a minimum standard. But it's going to be a good standard, you know. And I, and I think that's what it's about. And I think it's about setting that new di- direction. And I think people from, as I said, people from my working, so I'm working class background, but there's a lot more of us now. Thanks to that Labour government, by the way. People, one of the things we always underscore is that more kids from our our background yes. went on to secondary, uh, not went through secondary education went into university 
And now they're living different lives than they were, and the generation before them were, and those people are now Labour voters, where those people in that social class maybe 30 years ago were not. And that's happening more and more and more people from our background who come from those Labour backgrounds. So there's a a social change going on there, and we need to, we can't ignore those people. We really can't. And I think think there's a, and I think the great thing about the Labour Party as well. Um, you know, you know, there's room for it in my eyes from people from the left and the right, and I think it always should do. Be that. And so, Jeremy, Jeremy and John really believe this, by the way. I know people seem to think they want to like sort of bludgeon every centrist. Yeah, the behaviour hasn't sort of suggested. Well, that no, they but do. if you talk to them, they do. I mean, look, it's the same view that you had in the early noughties of like, you know, where we had at the start, oh, you're a trolley, <laughs> you, you work for Red Bulls, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, that, there was that old sort of view in the party of if you're not me, you're against me, and you know, there's always been that. But the, the hegemony, if you like, were people. You know, from what they self-describe Blairite tradition, and um, that was always the way. You know, you go to you know. I always remember the funny thing about 2010 for me was that everyone at work, the Labour Party staff, all voted for David Miliband, <laughs> and even more funny in 2015, they all voted for Liz Truss. <laughs> but like, um, you know, it's one of those Kendall, yeah, Kendall, sorry, Liz Truss would have been a heck of a leadership contest if Liz Truss. Well, was I mean, yeah, yeah, I, that was not a put down, by the way. Just so you know, I wasn't trying to call her Tory, uh, but like um, just a, a slip of the tongue. But no, um, you know, there's always been that sort of like um, disconnect and sort of change between that, and that's just natural. I think it comes back to what I was saying to you before about um, you know, especially when you work in the party, you just want it, to, you just want it to work. You look at it, it's, it's a bit like I, I do, you know, it's a bit like when you look at your, fo- your football fan and you look at it, you just want it to score, just to score, just put it in the back of the net. I don't care, just get to do it, you know. So, in terms of scores, then, and I know it's really hard to predict, but I'm asking every guest on the series, and you don't have to put a number on it. You could say hung parliament, Lib Dem majority, Labour majority, Tories the largest party, whatever you think, or it could be a specific seat prediction. If and, and and with all the caveats of it being the 20th of November and all that and miles away and at this point we haven't seen the Labour manifesto or one of us haven't. Uh, one of us hasn't. Um, at no this comment. point, at this point, if you That's had to put leaked. a fiver on it. If you had to put a fiver on it, um, let's go for a tenner. That's a poor bet. A tenner, okay, let's a tenner. Twenty, twenty. Let's if you had to put twenty quid on it, where would you? What would what would you guess would be the outcome of the election if you had to kind of guess? It depends what you judge it by, isn't it? Because I'll be honest, I, I'm on record. I didn't want us to go for a Christmas election. Um, it's not something I wanted. And also, the, the, as I was talking to you about before, the field, you know, the dice are loaded against Labour at, at this election for all the reasons I told you about for the defeats we've had previously, but also just because of the, you know, the, you know, you have to get into, I'm not going to go into the whole media thing, but look, it, it does play a part. The four fifths of Tory, it, it has that echo chamber effect, um, it, you know, and there is, the, and that's before you even get to the whole electoral. We got to use or activists to get out in the darkest, coldest part of the of the thing. He's got a 12, 10 point lead. So the prediction um, is... I actually, there's a part of me, and but then, you know, I don't know how credible this is because I'm, I'm one of those guys, I said I'm a tribal Labour loyalist. I think you could get to a situation where there is a Labour government. And I think the route to that could be a hung parliament and, and, and I think you could get to the situation it, it, there's a lot of ifs but yes. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm an Arsenal fan so I've got to have a lot of hope and I, I, I'm looking at all the ifs you know yeah. at, at the moment um, because otherwise no one really knows I mean on paper look if you look at it on paper the Tory you know the Tories are clearly ahead but like just like football it's not played on paper you know well, apart from when you put it in a ballot box <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> we'll put that to one side but no it's, it's if you look at it and it, you know the, there is a route to Labour to win you know to look to win the majority is very tough I and mean, we got to win seats in like you know god we've got to take sherwood back we'd have to win you know morley and outward i remember we used to sit in that seat uh, and um we'd have to win like south end seats we never even won in 97 is the route to power to a majority labor government so it'd be tough 
you know, but I, I can definitely see a route to like a hung parliament in which Labour's the largest party. So, and that's, so that's if, I mean, it's hard for you to predict anything other than Labour doing quite well. So we'll say hung parliament, Labour the largest party. I mean, I think, yeah, I'd bet on that. I think that's, I think there's an opportunity, I think there's definitely there. And I think the Tories think that as well, by the way. Okay. You know, and I think, and, and, and that's where we are, you know, what is it today? It's the, God, oh, I haven't got my phone on, but it's like the 20th. It's the, of the 20th. Don't even know what day of the week is. Uh, it's the 20th and, um, you know, we've got another like you know, 30 days to go, haven't we? So like, you know, we've got a long way to go. Uh, so, so uh, you know, that's where we are right now. I think that's where we're going. If you come back to me in like, you know, 10, 20 days from now, hopefully I'll be able to say, you know, prepare for government. Make James, thank you so much for coming in and giving us an insight into Jeremy uh, Corbyn and John McDonald. Well, there you go, James Mills taking us inside the Labour campaign and teasing us a little bit about what we might see in tomorrow's Labour's manifesto. I'll be back tomorrow with a new guest. Please do, by the way, share this on social media, tell all your friends, email your funny campaign stories to politicalpartypodcast at gmail.com, leave a review on iTunes, and I'll see you tomorrow. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.